Hello everyone, what a joy it is to be with you again this time. Well, in our last session, you might remember, we had still been looking at this division between spirit, soul and body. And we had gone to uh, the Lord's death on the cross to begin to look at this. And we had seen there that at the moment of his death, he had given his spirit to go to be with his father. And then we'd seen uh, at the stoning of Peter um, in Acts chapter 7 that um, when Peter was stoned to death, he committed his spirit to Jesus. Uh, and there is this spirit which is given to the Father, the spirit which goes to Jesus. But we're still needing to think about those other parts, the soul and the body, of course. We can see the spirit there clearly being given to the Father, given to Jesus. So if we want to start to learn something about the other parts, let's begin today by um, going to see what the Holy Spirit says through Peter on the day of Pentecost in AD 33, um, what the Holy Spirit said through Peter with regards to the Lord's resurrection. And we'll look at Acts chapter 2, beginning verse 23. Him being divinely delivered and determined, being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in peace. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne, he, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, and nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Now let's first say a little something about this place, Hades. Um, it's literally the place of departed souls. And let's please note that Hades is never used to refer to the place of eternal damnation. Eternal damnation takes place in the lake of fire, nowhere else. This is the only place where we will see those who are eternally lost, the eternally damned, will be in the lake of fire. That word hell has no connection with it. It is the lake of fire. And if you check through the scriptures, this is exactly what you'll find. And Hades is not the lake of fire. It's a place where departed souls reside. So according to the scripture then that we have just read here, Peter, through the Holy Spirit, quoting from David, where was the Lord's soul? It was in Hades, the place of the dead. And throughout the Old Testament, the location of Hades is given as down. And that, of course, is somewhat towards the centre of the earth, I guess we could say. Luke 10, 15, and you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. 
And the scripture's clear, isn't it? I hope you've seen it and taken note of it. The Lord's soul was in Hades. His spirit was with the Father. His soul was in Hades. And this word Hades is the Greek equivalent of the Old Testament word Sheol, which refers to exactly the same place. Isaiah 14, 15, yet you shall be brought down to Sheol. Same place, same purpose. That's exactly what we see. Hades in Greek, Sheol in Hebrew, same thing. So, just to say one more time, where was the Lord's spirit? It was with his father. Ask the question, was the father in Hades? No, he wasn't. His location is in the third heaven or the farthest recesses of the north, geographically entirely in the opposite direction to Hades. So with the father in one location and Hades geographically opposite in another, with the Lord's spirit with the father and his soul in Hades, let's ask ourselves the question, could the soul and the spirit be one and the same thing? Well, this would clearly be impossible. And I hope you can see this and make sense of it and that you would understand it. It's not possible for the spirit and the soul to be one and the same because the experience of our Lord recorded in the scripture is just as it is pictured here for us, just what we see laid out and described for us. His spirit is with the father, but his soul is in Hades, the place of departed souls, the place of the dead. So what about the Lord's body then? Well, Matthew 27, 59 and 60. When Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his new tomb, which he had hewn from the rock, out of the rock. And he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. So what do we see then? The Lord's body is placed in Joseph's tomb. That's exactly what the scripture says, doesn't it? Read it, see it, believe it, understand it. So again, let's review one more time. The Lord's spirit is with his father. This is what we saw from the scripture, isn't it? His soul is in Hades. This is what we've seen from the scripture, isn't it? And his body is in Joseph of Arimathea's tomb, which is what we've seen in the scripture, isn't it? Three parts in three separate locations. And this separation continued until the soul and the spirit re-entered the Lord's body at the very moment of his resurrection. And this would tell us much about the experience of all believers and our own if we should die before the rapture. That which has taken place with our Lord must be the experience of all of those who are eternally saved. If you or I should die before the rapture, before the Lord comes to call us into the heavens, then our spirit, which is eternally saved, will go to be with the Lord. Our soul will be in Hades, the place of the dead, and our body, wherever it will be, buried in the ground, cremated, whatever may happen to it. But at the moment when that trumpet sounds, 
just like at the Lord's resurrection, all three parts, body, soul and spirit, will be united together again, complete to stand before the Lord in judgment. This is exactly what the scripture describes for us. And if you think anything other than this, any way other than this, this is the moment that you must change your mind. Spirit, soul, body, three separate parts. Praise the Lord. So then, Elohim, as we've seen, is a trinity. Jesus, who is Elohim, manifested in the flesh, is also a trinity. That's what we've seen from the scripture. And man created in the image and likeness of Elohim must of necessity also be a trinity. To think anything else is pure madness. And it's just not reading and understanding clearly what the scripture states. And the full scope of salvation provided by the triune God for fallen man must have to do with man as a complete being and must therefore encompass all three parts of man's being, spirit, soul and body. And just as an aside, the number three in God's dealings with man occurs in a number of settings. Humans, from God's perspective, are divided into three groups, Gentiles, Jews and Christians. And there is further division of human beings into three categories, solical, spiritual and carnal. Solical referring to the unsaved and spiritual and carnal referring to the saved. And ultimately, the earth will be ruled by three firstborn sons. Israel, who has already been adopted into that status, those from the church who will be adopted as firstborn sons at the judgment seat, and the Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten firstborn son. Now, to go back to where we have been previously, we'll recall that God told Adam that in the day that he ate the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he would surely die. And we had seen that what died that day was Adam's and, of course, the woman's spirit, that part of their being that had a direct connection with God. They experienced a separation from God. Now, the question is, can we be absolutely certain that this is what happened? Well, to answer that, we'll have to come back next time. But only, of course, is the Lord is willing. God bless you for spending the time with us today.